Listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820 brings you Raising Saints, an AM820 production designed for parents who desire to raise the saints in their life. And now, Raising Saints with Katie Wyatt. Hello and welcome to Raising Saints, the show for Catholic parents. I'm your host, Katie Wyatt, and you are listening to AM820 St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. Today on our program, we want to talk about suffering, making sense of suffering. And so we've assembled a panel of intelligent, articulate, um, inspiring young men. So I just want to take a second to introduce returning guest, Nick. Welcome back, Nick. Thank you for having me. And returning guest, Blair. Welcome, Thank you, Blair. Katie. And new guest, Jack. Hey, Jack. Thanks for having me. Sure. And Dominic. Welcome, Dominic. Thank you. And we also have Nate with us today. Hey, Nate. Hi. Thank you. All right. So here we go. Suffering. Let's talk about it because it's one of the reasons that people reject God. It's one of the reasons people get mad at God. It's one of the reasons people um, feel abandoned by God. So it's really important that we spend some time understanding it and making sense of it and even embracing it. Um, Unfortunately, teenagers aren't immune from tragedy. Am I right about that? Yeah, definitely. So without um, without like getting too personal or telling you know deep family <laughs> tragedy or whatever, what what sorts of tragedy, either in your own family or in your school or in your community, what what have you seen happen that's tragic that causes suffering that has made you think, wait, what's that all about, God? Are there are there any examples you guys can offer? I would say anytime um, someone passes away. And in your mind, it's too soon or too premature, um, or there's a lot of questions arising of why them. I think anytime there's that why them question uh, involved with suffering, causes a lot of pain for a lot of people and a lot of soul searching, I think, naturally. Um, another thing is uh, on this week, we, we are on a uh, week where we do a lot of chari- charity work here. That's why we're here today's group. And um, I've seen a lot of people who are good Christian people and they're still homeless or they have nothing and, uh, or they, you know, need charity to like care for their children. And sometimes you got to ask why them. Anybody want to add anything to that? Any other examples of, I know in our community, there've been several suicides Mm -hmm. over the past couple of years. Mm -hmm. That can be really hard to make sense of, um, a lot of times for teenagers, you have like career, like if you're into a sport, a career ending injury that you think, what the heck is that all about? Um, kids who bully, right? Kids who Absolutely. like, it yeah. just even in spite of all of the assemblies you have and all of the <laughs> words of respect and all, you know, there's still kids who just, so there's just, there's a lot of it. There's a lot mm-hmm. of it. Um, so for you guys personally, and share as deeply as you feel comfortable. How do the how have these things challenged, or have these things challenged your faith? Well, I think um, going through difficult experiences helps um, me to realize how blessed we are, and I am to be able to get up every day and um, you know go to school and uh, just receive the blessings that that God has given me, and to truly live each day like it's our last because we never know when our time's going to come and um just to be uh a light to the people that need it and um spread Jesus's love 
So you, this doesn't challenge your faith then, Nick. This strengthens your faith? I think it can because you can realize how important it is to be strong in your faith because you don't, you don't know exactly what's going to happen in the future, I guess. Especially if you don't let uh, suffering cripple your faith, you can come out even stronger and even greater witness to people. Um, I would say definitely if you stick to your faith. Um, we were hearing the homily by Father Jim Caesar from Church of the Resurrection, and he was saying uh, a great point that faith can be the response to circumstances. And so uh, if you're someone who, have, who has experience in hard circumstances, your testimony of faith and your response to choosing Jesus, even uh, amongst those circumstances, makes it so much more powerful. Have you had examples of that? Like, have you guys observed people who have experienced horrific tragedy, horrific suffering, yet somehow have had amazing faith and it's, it's been a witness to you? I would say yes. Um, for example, Run the Race is an organization that helps uh, inner city kids. And um, Rachel Muha, right? Um, she, her son passed away or yeah, passed away. And, um, she opened up a center for kids to help them, um, who don't have anywhere to go just to keep them, um, safe and help them. And she also, you know, teaches them about Jesus and helps them to live their everyday life. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. Um, during our, uh, trip this, this, uh, week as well, um, I saw some people who, were uh, in poor times and they needed charity, um, but they still uh, try and, you know, work, do charity work themselves the best they can, and they give back more than a lot of people who have a lot of things do. And it's very inspiring to me that these people who deserve to have all, like, receive charity are still willing to give it. Um, for me, one of the examples that I always like to reflect on is um, like Pastor Rick Warren. He lost a son to suicide and just has the most beautiful outlook of the hope of heaven. Tony Dungy, um, professional football coach, mm-hmm. lost a son to suicide. And I remember him saying, knowing everything I know about it, somebody asked him, knowing everything you know about heaven, would you bring him back if you could? And he said, no, I wouldn't. I couldn't. I mean, how could I bring him back from mm-hmm. from heaven, from where he's happy and where he's yeah. created to be? So, Blair, you look like you want to say something. Yeah, I would say um, a pop culture example is the incredible movie and book Unbroken uh, and the story of Louis Zamperini. Um, unfortunately, the Hollywood movie doesn't secularize it way more than the book and the actual story, which is typical but unfortunate. Um, and But in the book, uh, there is a constant reminder um that the person, Louis Zamprini, no matter when he was stranded in the ocean or was a POW in Japan um, for years and years on end, he was yearning for God and he was choosing Jesus uh, no matter his circumstances because he couldn't choose his circumstances, but he could choose Christ and he could choose the life that he was living with those circumstances. And he came out of that suffering and his testimony is extremely powerful uh, and extremely humbling to people that don't have those circumstances. What are what are some of the ways, so not everybody responds that way, like you're saying, Blair. So what are some of the ways people do respond to tragedy, do respond to suffering 
that you've observed or that you've witnessed? I think some people um, kind of like shut down and uh, try and block it out, which obviously isn't the right way to do it. Um, but I think it's kind of a natural reaction to tragedy. What else have you guys seen? I would say, unfortunately, I think a lot of people, um, if their faith life wasn't strong for whatever reason or they had cracks in it, um, that storm of suffering can unfortunately wash away their foundation of faith. Uh, I think it's a sad thing. I think those people, um, it's hard to blame them or judge them. I think they need prayers and compassion more than anything else um, because I think without their faith, I think they would love to have faith. Um, but they're just in a position where they can't find the light. And I think it's very scary. Um, and so rather than judging those people in those circumstances, which is a very natural and easy tendency, um, compassion and love for those people is what they need most, and that's what they're searching for. Yeah, that's what they feel like they're missing mm-hmm. in the first place, right? So what a blessing that we get to be in people's lives. If we choose to be, if we want to be, we get to be that thing that they think is not existent you know is not there is the thing that they would like to hold on to but they um, don't feel like they can Um, because the thing is god allows suffering but he Mm -hmm. doesn't cause it he doesn't absolutely smite us you know Mm -hmm. he doesn't um but he allows us to suffer so how do we kind of extending on what you were just saying blair how do we What's our role? How do we help this make sense to someone who isn't experiencing God's love or who doesn't know God well enough or love God enough to um, to understand that God is in the midst of our suffering, not the cause of our so suffering? So I heard an incredible example by Dr. David Anders called to communion on Catholic Radio. <laughs> and what he said is suffering in the world is comparable to a baby receiving vaccines. And so... Um, you know, the baby, the syringe, the baby sees the syringe, and because of its feeble mind, it can't understand that this is a good thing, that a vaccine is a good thing. And all of us, you know, in our mind as a mother or as um, a sibling or a father would know that a vaccine is a positive thing. So we know that it's good because we're older and more experienced, but the baby doesn't know it's good. The only thing the baby feels is the pain from the needle. And I would say that's a big comparison to our suffering on earth. As we as humans are like the baby, we only see the syringe, but we don't see the vaccine. And we don't see the power and the healing behind it. Can we if we wait long enough? That's what I was going to say. Yeah, uh, okay. I, I feel like uh, we can, if we uh, try really hard to see the vaccine and the goodness in the needle, um, it can end up, instead of washing away and uh, taking down our faith, it can actually end up strengthen, strengthening it. And that happens all the time, doesn't it? Yes. And so if you say, though, that there shouldn't be any suffering in the world, if you bring it back to the baby example, um, if there's no suffering, then that baby would have not been given a vaccine because it did have to suffer, unfortunately, to be able to give, be given something that would ultimately be much more um, helpful. Also, I always think about this. If I didn't have any sadness or any suffering in my life, I would have, in my mind, no need for a relationship with God. I mean... Do you guys do what I do, which is you go to God most intensely when you really, really need something? I mean, and I and I obviously praise God every day and thank God for multiple blessings. But it's my communication with 
the Lord is most intense when I am in need, when I am suffering. Um, that's the reason just to keep your faith, re- your faith foundation solid, to keep the relationship with the Lord going day after day after day after day so that it's there. That relationship is there when you need it. Um, I think that, tell me what you guys think about this. I think so many people are willing to blame God for bad things but not willing to give God credit for good things, right? Or, mm-hmm. or uh, like, yeah. I base my lack of a belief, my lack of belief in God on the fact that there's so much evil in the world. Why don't, why don't we do the opposite of that, right? Why don't I believe in God because there's so much beauty and goodness in the world? It, do, am I seeing that backwards, or do, is that the way we do it? Oh, I think that's, that's completely yeah. accurate. Why? Um... A lot of the times with secular media nowadays, it's uh, with all the TV shows and uh, different things that are put on news and how uh, not a lot of good is put on news and a lot of bad is put on news. Mm-hmm. Um, it allows us to see the bad more prominently than the good. And we almost feel like we deserve the good and uh, the bad is caused by some outer force and there's nothing mm-hmm. we can do about it. Mother Angelica said if they had a news channel that only had good stories, no one would ever watch it. Do you think that's true? I would watch it. I definitely watch it because, <laughs> yeah. Because you know what? Like, okay, here's a great example. My brother found fourteen thousand dollars in a bag on the side of the road a couple months ago. That's, this is true. You might have seen it true? on the news because this is like in a cartoon. No, like, this is for real. I know when he told me, I was like, okay, get to the punchline. But this really <laughs> truly happened, and every news station picked it up. And I'm not kidding. Reporter or interviewers from the BBC radio called him. Shut up. Like all the way across the ocean. I'm thinking, why are we so hungry? And oh, I forgot the most important part of the story. He gave it back. <laughs> right? That's he went and turned it into the police. So that's the that's the part that everyone was reporting on. Like, oh, this man did this awesome thing. And I'm thinking, who is not going to give back $14,000 that they find. Like, isn't that Mm -hmm. what everyone would do? But every news story picked it up. It's like, I and I was thinking, people are hungry for good news. Like, we're Mm -hmm. hungry for it. We love it. So why don't, why isn't there more of it? Because it's going on in the world. Absolutely. Okay, let me ask you this. Uh, Does... Does pain make more of an impact on us than joy? Yes. Like yeah, losing is way worse than... The feeling of losing is way uh, worse than the good feeling of winning, for example, in a sports game. And I'd say that feeling of losing lasts way more uh, time than that high of winning does. And so I think that totally plays into, um, like we were saying, the bad or versus the good. We don't really like to resonate in the good. Also, that pain of losing kind of forms us a little bit more, doesn't it? Like, it changes who we are a little bit more than the joy. Dominic, are you getting ready to say something? Okay, go ahead. Sorry. Um, I personally think that the pain of losing is kind of, like, devastating to some people. So, for, like, a major sporting event like the Super Bowl or the World Series, losing is just absolutely devastating to make it that far and then just get everything crushed and it almost seems like your season was for nothing. I think that winning is kind of a little bit, like, less, has less of an effect on you because winning is more of, like, 
kind of like a temporary feeling like, oh, yeah, we did it. You know, it's like a, a short happiness, but losing is just kind of crushing. Okay, this is totally different subject, but Dominic, I want to ask you a follow-up question on this because <clears throat> I think this is really interesting. Specifically in regard to sports, is losing more crushing because of the pressure we put on athletes in our culture? Absolutely. You think so? <laughs> yes. So um, does the... Okay, go ahead. I think we... The modern athlete today is really, like, pushed and, like, we, with all, all the people looking up to them, and, like, we have a bunch of people that actually, like, pay to watch them, and they, like, absolutely have to perform the best, or they're not going to get paid, they're not going to be able to, you know, do what they want to do or keep their job, and with if they don't perform, you know, it's basically over for them, so they literally feel like they have to win every single thing they do. So relating that to, by the way, if you're just joining us, you're listening to AM820, Think Gabriel Catholic Radio. This is Raising Saints. And we're here today with Nick, Blair, Jack, Dominic, and Nate. And we're talking about suffering and how we can make sense of it. So Dominic, you were just talking about the impact of losing, especially at the professional level, or not even at the professional <laughs> level, but in the sporting world. And um we're talking about how the impact of suffering is maybe more profound than the impact of joy on our lives. Does that train? So taking that away from the sports um, aspect of it, does that translate to other parts of our lives as well? Is pain or suffering or tragedy something that lasts, sticks with us longer than joy or celebration or happiness? Well, a lot of the time when we're having conversations with just people in social settings, um, we can, a lot of the times when you're talking about pain, the words I hear a lot are, and I'll remember that moment for the rest of my life. And you don't hear that, or at least me personally, I do not hear that as much when it comes to like joyful things and good things. You know, they talk about what they felt in that moment, but in with poor, bad things, they talk about what, what they're feeling now and how that's going to affect them. I think, um, a lot of times pain can be more permanent than um, the joy that we feel. Um, so if there's like a painful moment or experience, it can last like your whole life. But if you have a joyful experience, it um, you know will most likely end. I see pain as more of like a cut in the situation, like a realistic real life situation. And then happiness is kind of like the bandaid over it. So even after like your cut completely heals, you're still going to have a scar from it and you're still going to be able to like remember that pain more than you're going to be able to remember the happiness. Yeah, it kind of yeah. it kind of impacts us more profoundly In for the some band-aid, reason. the happiness is going to fall off. Yeah. And the scar mm-hmm. is not going to fall off. Okay, we're going to start a new topic on joy right now, right then. <laughs> so what is so <laughs> So there's a difference then between happiness and joy. Because joy is something that comes from within. It is rooted in Christ. It is the source of our hope. It is the knowledge that we were created by a loving God who protects us. And that's how we make sense of suffering, right? If we are people of joy, if we're people who are rooted in Christ and know the reason for suffering, know that we can align ourselves with the suffering of Christ, know that we're called to carry our cross, then then. We don't have to rely on happiness. We get to rely on joy to carry us through. Jack is dying to say something. Go, Jack. Uh, yeah, uh, I've always been. <laughs> I've always been told that 
happiness is fleeting and joy can stay with you forever. And that I think what we've been talking about, that feeling that kind of goes away is happiness. You know, you've got yeah. your um, like your sporting event. You win. That's something that makes you happy. But true joy is, you know, rest within God. You have to go find it in God and you have to go to him. Do you know people who are adults who should be well, like they're done playing sports, Mm -hmm. they're done, but they're still like, (laughs) there's some desire for those glory days, like. Yeah. We visited today um, St. Therese Nursing Home and Assisted Living for the Elderly, and you see people who have 30 diseases, are, you know, bedridden, can barely walk. Um, but they have so much satisfaction with what they've done in their life, and they have so much lasting joy. Yeah, but they're so. I, I, the difference is they're not trying to go back. Like, well, when my leg gets better, yeah, no. I'm going to go back and right. It, it's like I've had the satisfaction, I've I've had the 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 successes, and but what I really have is the joy. Mm-hmm. So I'm okay that, or even even more profoundly. Uh, I blew that championship game with a bad kick. Mm-hmm. Uh, my, I have an example <laughs> but of that. It's so, but it's okay, because I know that that's not my worth. I know that's yep. not my... Yeah. Go ahead, Jack. Yeah. Uh, my my grandfather, I call him my pa, uh, he um, tells me stories of when he when he played basketball and stuff like that, and he talks about all of his highs and lows and stuff, and he knows he couldn't do it now. You know what I mean? Well, actually... We'll play one-on-one every once in a while, but that's not that's right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, but he knows that those times are gone and that he's okay. He's content with, you know, what happened in his past. Yeah, and that's that's the witness we need, right? Like, we could, okay, that's a tangent. We could go on that for a long time. But another thing I wanted to ask you guys about is, do you think that, there are people who are looking for an excuse not to believe in God. So suffering is that, ex- is that excuse or am I, am I being too judgmental? Yeah, I believe suffering is their biggest excuse. Like something were really bad to happen. They would ask like, why would this happen to me? Why, why would this happen? And they would keep asking God for the reason. And they just aren't very sure. So are they are they trying not to believe in God, you think, Nate? Maybe they could. I believe they are. Maybe they don't believe like he's the one that they believe he can help us and save us, but in this situation he didn't. And so sometimes that cuz that was the next question I was going to ask, right? How different people respond differently. Mm-hmm. So Nate, you're saying some people say, "Okay, this is my proof that there is no God." What I'm wondering is, are there people who are just wishing there is no God so they can live their lives however they want or whatever, so they're going to use suffering as that, and here's my proof, and here's why I don't have to be restricted by any rules or any morals or any... That's for anybody. I'm not putting Nate on the spot on that one. Um, I mean, I think that it could it could be like that um a lot of times people in difficult situations either turn away from god or turn to god it depends on what they believe or what they think um but i think when we're in times of despair struggle it's important that we 
um, fall back on God because he's our rock and we can rely on him to be there. Um, we just have to find him. But to go full circle, uh, kind of to the beginning of our conversation, uh, when we were talking about people looking for the bad, there are so many people, uh, not to be judgmental, but uh, it's easy to get in this mindset of you see 9-11, you see Newtown, you see uh, terrible natural disasters, and you say there's no God. Um, but then what about the polio vaccine? What about tuberculosis? What about miracles that happen every day? Um, things like that. Uh, what about the insane amounts of charity work that people are doing or the uh, huge uh, medical breakthroughs? And I would say um, if it's not a one-to-one ratio, good to bad, I would say it's probably four-to-one, good to bad. Um, but people just aren't looking for it. And I think it's easy to find the bad stories and cling to them and use that as evidence and then uh, just dismiss good stories. So we all have free will. Yay, God, for that, right? Which means we have a choice, Blair, like you were saying, to see the good or to focus on the bad. Or we have a choice when it comes to suffering we can go through a tragic event or a painful situation with God or without God. That's our choice mm-hmm. that he gives us. So uh, which do we choose and why? I guess, I guess obviously I know which one you choose, but the question is why? So for anybody who might be listening who's like, tell me why I should believe that God is in the midst of it. How would you guys answer because that? Because the um, opposite is so much more lonely and scary and I just think um, in a natural disaster or if a 9-11 thing were to ever happen again or were to affect me more personally, um, if I didn't have my faith, the confusion that would uh, cause and the hurting that would cause would just be so insurmountable, I think, um, that I would not want to face anything without my Lord or without the firm foundation of faith. And a lot of people are searching for that good news, and Jesus is the good news, so like, um, all the things he did, even if he was, if he isn't God, which I believe full heartedly is, he is. But even if he wasn't, he's one of the coolest guys ever to live on planet <laughs> Earth ever. Right? He did all this stuff just for us, yeah. and yeah, that's that's it's where worth, I see joy. It's worth getting to know that and finding exactly. that. I want to close our closing prayer um, from the Book of Job, one of the best resources for understanding suffering. Mm-hmm. So. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. I know that you can do all things, and that no purpose of yours can be hindered. I have dealt with great things that I do not understand, things too wonderful for me, which I cannot know. I had heard of you by word of mouth, but now my eye has seen you. Therefore I disown what I have said, and repent in dust and ashes. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. You have been listening to Raising Saints on AM820, St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. I'm Katie Wyatt, and until next time, grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Bye now. Raising Saints is a production of listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820. Archives of Raising Saints with Katie Wyatt are available at stgabrielradio.com.